0: This is Exchanges at Goldman Sachs, where we discuss developments currently shaping markets, industries, and the global economy. I'm Jake Seward, Global Head of Corporate Communications here at the firm. Since the onset of COVID, we've been talking a lot about how small businesses are faring during the pandemic, and today we'll focus that conversation on the UK. Our 10,000 small business program there surveyed small business owners to better understand how COVID has personally impacted them and their businesses and what their outlook is for the future. To discuss that, I'm joined by Charlotte Keenan from our London office. Charlotte leads the Office of Corporate Engagement, International Responsibility, and serves as Global Head of 10,000 Women. Charlotte, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you, Jake. Very excited to join you.
0: Charlotte, just give us a little bit of an overview of the 10,000 Small Business Program in the UK and how you've worked with small business owners, particularly during this period of the pandemic.
1: Sure. So 2020 is actually the 10th anniversary of the programme here in the UK. We launched it a decade ago with the rationale of supporting small business leaders across the country to create jobs and drive investment. So to date, we now have over 1,800 graduates of the programme, our alumni community, with whom we work incredibly closely And and to give you a sense of that demographic, they're businesses that span all regions and nations of the UK, all sectors, of the economy. The average size is probably now 15 employees, one and a half to two million pounds turnover. And they've been trading for at least three years when they start, obviously now many of them much, much longer. And the one thing that really marks demographic out is they're hungry for growth and they're ambitious so it's a phenomenal phenomenal group of businesses with whom we work And frequently we then use them for their insights understand how how they have been coping faring during you know different periods and obviously covid has been one of those incredibly challenging journeys for them so jake when we started this and casting our mind back to march we surveyed them and at that time it was incredibly depressing uh, nearly 60 percent said that they didn't think they were going to last six months if current conditions continued and so we at goldman sachs really thought through then what is it that we need to do to help this community and what support do they need so we've been doing huge huge range of things since that point you know ranging from emergency business coaching, I mean, you can imagine some of the crises that these businesses have been going through. We launched twice weekly, at the height of the crisis, webinars on such topics as emergency cash flow planning, how to apply for more financing, all the way through to mental health, resilience, keeping yourself strong during a crisis. And we also launched a new course for them, which we called Reimagining Your Business, which basically took the core foundations of the original course but in a flash way gave them the tools that they needed to help pivot their businesses and and think perhaps differently about their businesses in in the context of a pandemic. So it's been a a full-on journey. We then surveyed them in August which if we look back at August now certainly in the UK it was a stage where there was a glimmer of hope on the horizon And at that point, remembering that in March, 60% had said that they didn't think they were going to survive. Actually, what we saw is that 99% of businesses said that they were surviving, assuming no further national lockdowns, which is obviously, you know, we are in a, a different phase of the pandemic now. But actually, the overall journey that we've seen with these businesses so far has been one of optimism. And we've been incredibly incredibly excited, actually, at some of the things that we've been seeing from this community.
0: So let's talk a little bit more about those two phases, that first one being March through September and and how they survived, and the second phase being really how they'll manage from here, early October through the end of the pandemic, which is still quite some ways away. Looking back at phase one, what did the results from the survey show you how they managed through the, the seven months and how they're thinking about the future?
1: Yeah, of course. And look, I mean, it has been difficult. And despite that headline stat that I gave, you know, underneath that close to 60% have faced significant disruption, but they have managed to, to continue trading. A number have cut jobs, but for every two businesses that we have seen cutting jobs, another business has increased headcount we've seen a number of really different and quite interesting trends emerging. I mean, one of the ones that really surprised us was the amount of businesses that had pivoted. So 45% of businesses completely changed their business model during this period. And actually looking forward, nearly three quarters of those expect that change to be permanent. And that's really, really significant. And examples of that, we had a gin distiller who then stopped distilling gin and turned to make hand sanitizer? You know, we've seen numerous companies that were in-person, so in-person training. We've got a wonderful DJ company who supports schools with learning through music, and that has now been fully brought online. So some, some really, really exciting stories. But, you know, on the flip side of that, a number of sectors are hospitality sector, Significantly struggling, and over 80% of those businesses have seen revenues significantly decline. But on balance, it's a healthy picture, and 58% of them are upbeat about the future.
0: Great. Well, so in, in the US, our listeners will have heard of the Small Business Lending Program, PPP. But for those who don't understand the UK system in response to the pandemic, how has government support played a role in keeping small business open and where else have they sought funds?
1: Yeah, so this is really significant in the UK. And I think it's probably one of the main factors that explains the, the difference in outlook at the beginning of the pandemic and where we are now. So the government brought out a very, very comprehensive package of a, a number of different measures. What we saw is that 91% of our businesses access this and that ranges from there's something called the job furlough scheme which allowed companies to continue the government paid a significant portion of salaries for staff which took the burden off of the businesses as well as a couple of different loan schemes and so we saw many of our businesses partaking of that and actually the narrative that then came out of this population was very supportive towards government And that actually the measures had been enough. So 80% actually said that their support was enough to ensure that their company was able to survive and carry on forward. So a very positive tale, which is not something that has necessarily been borne out in the broader public narrative in the last few weeks.
0: So you mentioned that a lot of the small businesses have really changed their business model at some level. What kind of long-term trends are you expecting may play out in terms of how small businesses operate and adapt to new environments?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, this is fascinating and it differs in across the regions of the UK. One of the dominant ones is around changing nature of of working patterns. Most of our businesses now say that they won't necessarily be going back to the same old working style that we were in pre-pandemic. Another one that's really interesting is around financing. So actually, when we look back at the 2008-2009 crisis, most of our businesses were very, very reluctant to take on external financing. And I think that experience really scarred them. But what we've seen this time round is nearly 66% of businesses have taken on external financing. A Significant number have said that the pandemic and narrative around it has changed their attitude to external financing. And coming out of it, many of the businesses are looking at taking on further investment as they look to build their businesses in this new environment.
0: So a lot of times people say, well, all small businesses are struggling because of COVID. That's a typical blanket statement that doesn't really capture some of the nuances. Talk a little bit more about how the pandemic has affected businesses very differently depending on their industry.
1: Yeah, so fascinating. And it really is a complete... Patchwork Quilt here. I mean, to, get, to give you an example, last week we hosted a roundtable with a number of our businesses in the tech space and the government minister for digitalisation. And businesses in this space have done stunningly well. Some of them saying it's been their, their best year ever. And, and obviously the reasons being you know, behind that, as people have pivoted to a, a working from home and, and running their businesses virtually that's created a huge amount of opportunity and, and demand in, in that space. One business in cybersecurity, which alas has been a, a boom industry since the world changed, you know, has seen revenues you know, significantly, significantly up year on year. On the flip side, as I've really touched on, you know, businesses in the hospitality sector and traditional hospitality, so accommodation and food, and entertainment and recreation have been really significantly impacted. But even there, we see some exciting stories where they're pivoting. So one business who specialized in European travel, you know, is now organizing road trips around the UK and looking at opportunities for people to get away. So their ingenuity knows no bounds.
0: You know, obviously the press has been very focused on how London itself has sort of been pretty quiet. But what are the differences that the survey shows about how businesses have fared differently in different regions in
1: the UK? Yeah, so absolutely different regions have fared differently. You know, the Northeast has not done as well as in some of the other regions. What's interesting when we also look at it is the priorities of businesses coming out in across the different regions. So, for instance, as we look at London and, and the Southeast, businesses there want a greater focus on digital skills, a greater focus on broader skills. But then you leave London and actually the cry pretty unanimously is for more support for the regions and a greater focus on regional economic growth, which is consistent with everything that we're hearing from this government on a political narrative.
0: So finally on the survey, how does the outlook for the future vary by gender amongst small business owners?
1: this is one of the areas that I personally think is probably the most depressing. And I think we're all familiar by now with the narrative that globally, you know, women and women-led businesses have been disproportionately more impacted by the pandemic than male-led businesses. And this is absolutely true with respect to this population. So for instance, there's a 15% delta in terms of decline in revenue. So 73% of our female-led businesses saw a decline in in revenue compared with only 58% of male-led businesses. And then it also plays through in terms of the confidence piece. Our male-led businesses are much more confident in terms of what the future brings versus female-led businesses who are much, much more cautious. Alas, it it is both a, a confidence piece, but also it is borne out in what we're seeing happening to their businesses.
0: Okay, so let's turn to where small businesses in the UK go from here. The pandemic seems to still be quite some ways from being over, and we've entered a sort of new phase of managing through it. What's the sentiment among small business owners you're speaking to now about the strategy for their next phase?
1: It's tough. I mean, it is a really, really tough environment out there. In speaking to our businesses day in, day out, Again, the thing that constantly surprises me is their resilience. So, I mean, they're not happy about the situation. It's it's not great. But the kind of the attitude that we see coming forward is one of, I'm an entrepreneur, we'll get through this, or we've made it so far, we'll make it through to the end. So a tough mindset and a continued focus, as we've seen with this adaptation and pivoting of business models. And I think what will be really interesting in the months ahead is you know how these quote unquote new businesses that are emerging continue to grow and continue to fare but the groundwork in terms of their resilience in terms of you know particularly also what the 10,000 program has done for them and being able to prepare them to think through contingency planning think through emergency procedures you know get the best staff teams engaged and involved I think they are as well positioned as they can be. And certainly, you know, some, I think, will continue to really, really prosper and, and thrive. But equally, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, over the winter, particularly in the hospitality and leisure sector, we potentially did lose a few.
0: So obviously, we try to do our part with this program. But what more needs to be done from corporations, big financial institutions and government? to support small business
1: during this period. Yeah, a huge amount because I think without fail in just about every single economy across the world, you know, we know that small businesses are the backbone of our economies and they will be be central to the recovery and we need to do everything that we can to to support and and bolster them. And that ranges from you know programs such as 10,000 small businesses and there are obviously other programs out there giving businesses the targeted support that they need. Government obviously has a role to play there and and different governments have had, you know, very different responses around the world. The UK piece, who knows what measures will come down the line and if needed, you know, potentially more or similar to what we've already had. And then also one of the things that surprises me is that you know, often, there is a very different narrative with you know, looking at small businesses versus bigger corporates. And it really is these stories of agility, nimbleness, and being able to pivot quickly and very effectively. And actually, highlighting and really showcasing those incredible examples of resilience, I think actually gives everyone else a bit of a boost and showcases the power of this sector and the power of small businesses.
0: So how about the individual level? What has consumer support for small businesses looked like during the pandemic in the UK? Have they rallied around small business or are they basically continuing to shop from the big e-commerce and big retail giants as they did in the past? Yeah,
1: I think, alas, the feedback here is mixed. You know, in, in many towns and communities, we saw people going to local businesses in a way that we haven't seen for You know, years and years and years, you know, particularly in in the retail side, right at the beginning when there was a complete paucity of, you know, food delivery shops or people shop local. On the flip side, you know, there were an awful lot of Amazon deliveries going on. But I think the message here, and it's going to be incumbent on all of us to help small businesses, you know, they are pillars of their community, the multiplier effect that they have in terms of creating jobs and really supporting more broadly in, in their local communities, that if I had one thing to say, it would be to encourage people to shop local and to support small business rather than necessarily going for the big global giants.
0: Well, speaking of encouraging, what makes you most encouraged about the future of small business in the, in the UK after digesting all this data and thinking on it?
1: I think, Jake, it comes down in you know, a time and time again to the individual. You know, the data is really compelling. You know, the data points at an optimistic, strong story forward. But actually, it's those individual stories of how businesses have created new joint ventures, come up with new products, given back to their communities, and really shown that individual grit and determination that they will make it through this. And for many of them, the vast majority, this has been their life, for many many years and they're not going to give up on it now so actually it's those individual stories of determination that make me personally
0: very encouraged excellent well thanks for joining us today charlotte it's nice to have you on thank you jake that concludes this episode of exchange the goldman sachs thanks for listening and if you enjoyed the show we hope you subscribe on apple podcasts and leave a rating or a comment and tune in later in the week for our weekly markets update when leaders around the firm provide a quick take on the latest in markets. This podcast was recorded on Tuesday, October 6th in the year 2020. Thanks for listening.
2: All price references and market forecasts correspond to the date of this recording. This podcast should not be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced in whole or in part.